There's a reason your stomach is called your second brain and why people say they have a gut intuition. So much of our health and even our mood is determined by our gut health. That's why it is so important to eat foods that support good gut health. And if they happen to taste delicious, well, then bonus. Core Bars are a plant-based superior nutrition bar that provides immune support with a combination of probiotics and prebiotic fiber. So don't be hangry, be happy. Their delicious flavors are filled with fiber to keep you feeling full and fueled with no added sugar. Y'all are always sliding into my DMs asking for my favorite flavors, so I'm ready to spill the tea. Dark chocolate cherry and coconut chocolate chip pretty much rock my world, but blueberry banana almond and peanut butter crunch are a close second. What's your favorite? Haven't tried Core Bars yet? Get on it. Available for purchase online at corefoods.com and retailers nationwide like Target, Kroger, and Walmart, where they can be found in the produce and dairy section. Heidi here, the one who has been allergic to most things since birth. When the going gets tough, I rely on the number one physician-recommended non-drowsy oral allergy brand, Claritin, to relieve my allergy symptoms. Available in a convenient 100-count bottle so you are ready for spring allergy season, Claritin tablets provide 24-hour relief of your worst indoor and outdoor allergy symptoms for over 200 allergens, including pets, dust, and mold inside, to pollen, grass, trees, and weeds outside, day after day. No need to suffer. Mom life does that enough to us. Claritin temporarily relieves runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, and itchy nose or throat. Always use as directed. Claritin is an antihistamine, so it hinders the cascade triggered by allergens. Available at retailers nationwide. Surge like the ultimate. You, that's rare that you get on those. That's like the ultimate. That's when you get the sword and the shoulder. That's the, that's legit. So I'm not sure. I'm an MBE, which means member of the order of the British Empire, which is like a couple down from that probably. And and it's basically to acknowledge, you know, things you've done for the, the society, for the community. And mine was awarded for my dedication, commitment to exercise for the nation, and also for charitable work. So we raised a lot of money through those workouts. Welcome back to an all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Um, Actually, we is me today. It's Megan here, and I am flying solo for the first time. Jamie's traveling, and Heidi is sick. So wish me luck, friends. Um, But I I am super excited to bring on today's guest, Joe Wicks, who is a global fitness coach and influencer, author, founder of the Body Coach app, and he's on a mission to make the world fitter, healthier, and happier. So I was lucky enough to meet Joe in person recently at my offices at Woman's Day. Hit up his Instagram. It's at the Body Coach. He's got like, oh, you know, like a mere 4.3 million followers and yes, he's pretty good looking. And then at an accent, okay? Um, and I got to do a shout out to Nick Pasqua, who runs the Hearst Gym, tracking me down to meet Joe on his recent trip to NYC because it was a fitness love fest. All right, so who is this Joe? 
Well, he is a super impressive family man who's doing it all. His online hit workouts, recipes, best-selling books, 90-day plan, and app have helped people all around the world to smash their goals and feel amazing. He was even honored by the Queen of England, but more on that later. So Joe, Joe built his business from scratch. After earning a degree in sports sciences from St. Mary's University in London, Joe began pursuing his love for fitness through small outdoor boot camps in 2012. He has gone on to become a highly successful fitness coach and author. Did I mention those 4 million Instagram followers? Yeah, yeah. Um, but during the pandemic is really when he became a social media phenomenon. I love this. So he launched his PE with Joe YouTube fitness sessions when the UK entered its first lockdown in March of 2020. And the series became a cultural touchstone that brought participants together during the difficult first months of the pandemic. On the first day of PE with Joe, more than 900,000 families tuned in around the world to work out with him. And on the second day, over 955,000 Thousand families took part together, and Joe broke the world record for the largest streamed workout on YouTube. That's pretty cool, right? Okay, I'm ready to bring him on, but first, listen to this show if you want to see if I can make it through an entire show on my own without getting an explicit rating. <laughs> okay, kidding aside, you want a little motivation to jumpstart your own fitness routine or to get your family moving. You love the Royals and want the inside scoop on uh, going to the palace. And you, you need to hear the backstory of why the man rocked a whoopee cushion suit for a workout. Tune in now. Yay! Welcome, Joe. Okay, I am pumped to have you on the show today because this is my first solo flight. My co-hosts are sick and traveling, so it is just us. I already told the listeners the story of how we met recently. And again, I got to shout out Nick at the Hearst Gym because you guys really had to track me down. My name isn't even on my new office door yet, um, but you guys found me and we instantly hit it off. I felt like we could have, you know, like we're fitness people. So I felt like we could have talked for hours, but I cut you short because I wanted to finish it right here, right now on Off the Gram Podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love meeting you, but it's very brief. And obviously, I was getting dragged around the building, and I did a workout in the, you know, the Hearst Towers, which is amazing. But I love, I love your story as well, and your journey through fitness, and you know, getting involved in those early kind of DVDs back in the day. Like you're the OG of the fitness, so it's a great person to be talking to, right? Aw, thank you, Joe. I am pretty OG. Okay, so we can all hear that amazing accent. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Epsom, Surrey. Yeah, Epsom is a tiny little um, town in a place called Surrey in the UK, so just outside of London. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful little place, and there's not a lot going on there. You know, I went to school there, and me and my family were born in like the same hospital, and we sort of all have the same friends. But I'm still not far from there. My mum's still there. I've got my brother and all my family. We're quite a close family, so even though I spend time in Santa Monica and I love being here, I'm not really fully at my happiest. I need to be close to my family and friends to be fully connected. Well, your brother worked because your brother was with you when we met. So he's part of your business, too. Yeah, I love my brother, Nikki. He, Are there more siblings? Yeah, I've got two brothers. I've got a little brother um, who's 10 years younger. Then I've got Nikki, who's he's kind of, um, you know, my best friend, my right-hand man. He's the CEO of the company. And we grew up together on a, like a little, um, you know, like a council estate in Epsom. And we didn't have much expectations. People didn't think we were going to become much. And I just love that we're on this journey where we've really helped millions of people. like, And, and we're so excited to just continue that mission and get families and you know, kids exercising all around the world. So yeah, we're, we're working together on that vision. 
I love that. Okay, so you studied sports science at university, and I like in the UK you call it university. I'm like I went to college, but it sounds so much sexier in the UK because it's university. But I know so you started out as a teaching assistant, and then you built this career. Talk us about that journey because I know you like borrowed money from your parents to get equipment for your first boot camp. Like, what was the whole trajectory of like I'm studying, you know? I guess you're st- you're studying sports science, and then all of a sudden you have like this business. Well, it's very much. Um, I suppose my only kind of role model as a young kid was my school PE teacher. I got on so well with them, and it was the only subject that I really enjoyed and that I could actually focus on because I was always distracted. I was always getting kicked out of class, and yet in sport I just excelled and I loved it. And I realised that because what I was, I had so much stuff going on at home. Like I didn't, I kind of missed that part. But my mum and dad both had mental health issues as a, as a kid growing up, so. My mum had severe OCD and, you know, she was cleaning the house every day, all, the, all day long, and she had eating disorders. And my dad um, battled with drug addiction. So I had a lot of chaos going on at home. But when I stepped into that school and I was in PE and I, I released all that anger and frustration and tension, I connected those dots from a very young age that exercise was a huge part of, um, you know, my mental health. And so I had this vision that I would go to, you know, go to college or go to university, study to become a PE teacher and, you know, work with other people, other, other families and children. And that was kind of my ambition. I didn't have this vision of like building a brand and having cookbooks and DVDs and stuff. It was very much based on, I just wanted to have that same relationship and that same kind of be an inspiration, I suppose, to, to young children. Um, and that was as far as my head and my dreams could actually go. But Obviously, yeah, I've had this amazing success, but really it's anchored to the purpose, which is I genuinely love helping people get active, move their bodies and, and feel happier. Wow. So you borrow a little bit of money and you start that first boot camp that was in Richmond Park in the outskirts of London. And from what I understand, like you weren't successful at first, like you had to sell yourself in your boot camp, right? Like what was that like and what kept you motivated to keep going? Yeah. I mean, like any training, like when you start out, you know, you don't have clients, you don't you know, you might have, I had like business cards and flyers and, you know, I had a website, but I didn't, I found it really hard to get traction and I didn't want to work in a gym and be a part of a company. I wanted to like be my own boss. So I started a boot camp and I didn't have a van. I couldn't afford like, you know, a, a vehicle at the time, but I had a little trailer. I had a literally a bicycle with one of those trailers you clip onto the back and I would cycle five miles to Richmond, um, you know, with my kettlebells and all the boxing pads. And I would, I'd set up all the stations in my head thinking like, you know, 20 people are going to turn up. It's going to be amazing. And so many times I'd get there at 6 a.m. and nobody was there, right? And I, and I never let that, it was, it was upsetting, but I didn't let it like phase me. I didn't let it make me give up and lose confidence. So what I did, I'd pack up the equipment. I'd go to the train station at rush hour and hand out these flyers trying to get people to come to the boot camp. And that really was just my mentality. I just, I kept thinking, if I give up, you know, I'm, I'm never going to succeed. So I've got, just keep coming back one person's going to turn up next week and that person, if you give them a good experience and you have a great workout, maybe they'll bring a friend. And I applied that mentality to that boot camp and also to Instagram, to YouTube, to everything I've ever done. There's no one at the beginning, there's no one interacting and viewing your content. But I believe that if you really are passionate, if you keep turning up and you keep sharing useful, valuable, helpful content, things will grow. And that's, that's really what's happened. That's amazing. So you talked about social media and that is sort of, that gave you this incredible platform. You started sharing, like it was like 15 second videos of meals that took you 15 minutes to make. And that really took off, correct? Yeah. So I I always consider myself a 10 year overnight success because I started in 2012, (laughs) right? And that was with the bootcamp. And then a couple of years later, Instagram released video and I was on there, but I wasn't really active. I didn't really understand it. But I saw this thing where like, 
people were sharing recipes and you know videos and stuff and I thought what an amazing idea so I took that I took that concept of like you know video meals and I I added my little bit of personality onto it and I made it really fun and that back in the day it was literally 15 seconds was all you could post yeah so I called it I called the videos lean in 15 so it's a lean recipe in 15 minutes um and that really spiraled into something huge I got a cookbook deal you know and that really launched that and then obviously um with YouTube um same thing, just one video a week, every single week consistently sharing a video, hoping that somebody would see it and view it. And there was nobody watching, but now, you know, I get about 10 million views a month on my YouTube channel. So again, if you build something and you're truly passionate, people will find it, you know, good content gets found. And I've just been so driven and so purposed, focused on that, that it's so easy when you're so focused on helping people, you can really just, you know, just stay, stay, stay focused and just carry on with it. So the 15 minutes, I think like that was sort of accidental because it was 15 second videos. But do you think that was the magic of the was was there something magic about the 15 minutes? Like it just felt doable and accessible. I think, you know, eight years ago, Instagram, 15 seconds, you had 15 seconds, right? People had the attention span. Now it's like two or three seconds. I really think our brains have fundamentally changed. So I just had the right idea at the right time with the right platform. And, you know, I loved it. I was obsessed every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'd record it, I'd share it. It grew. And, you know, because of that, I went on to sell millions of cookbooks. But there was people in the well, early Can days I brag saying, for you? you know, because, like, author to author, you have the UK's best, when your book launched, okay, Lean in 15, when your book launched, it was the best-selling nonfiction title. And then it was the second, is it the second best-selling cookbook of all time? Like that's yeah, and I, I still can't believe deal. that. Well, and also, so like, as an American author, like selling a million books, that's unheard of. Like that's insane. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of people. It is. It's insane. And I still pinch myself. I still, you know, I can't believe what's happened in my life and my career. It's, it's, I went from being, you know, a struggling personal trainer to having millions of people like cook my recipes and my work, do my workouts. But I suppose, you know, the, the, thing that, the thing that stood out, I think, was that I broke through the noise because I made it simple. So I made the recipes quick and simple and accessible. I made the workouts 15, 20 minutes long. And that, that's manageable, right? And I think sometimes it's, nutrition and fitness can be overcomplicated and it can be stressful and it can be quite overwhelming. The reason I'm successful is because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm passionate and I love it but I've made it quite simple to, for, for people to understand. And that's the key to, you know, getting people to actually make positive changes in their life. Like keep it simple, keep it quick, and people will interact with it, I think. But so what's an example of one of your 15-minute meals? Like, like, is it no dairy, no flour, no fat, no fun? Or is it modified versions of things you might love? Dude, I am a believer in everything in moderation. And like, I love my food. I'm a foodie, right? So I'm not like, you know, I'm not a keto guy. I'm not like a, like a, a low-calorie low kind of guy. I just think we need to fuel our body. You know, our body loves carbohydrates. It loves, you know, we need essential fats and we need protein. And I think my philosophy really is, you know, you don't have to go to, to get a, like, a really dirty, greasy burger. You can make a lovely homemade burger at home or you can create a lovely curry or, you know, a lovely, lovely Thai or Asian meal at home in a healthy way that you still love and it tastes great, but you're not going to have that you know, that kind of food hangover the next day because it's been pr processed in a way that isn't probably good for you. So I think balance is important. I think people fundamentally love food. And the difficult thing is, can you get them to cook? Can you inspire them to get in the kitchen and have a little go at it? Because some people find it quite challenging and they're scared of it. They think they just can't do it. But, you know, once yeah, you... I don't I do any out, of the cooking. 
in my house. Like my husband does all the cooking. Well, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they do have that. Yeah, people have that kind of attitude to like they're just not that they're not that interested or they're not kind of confident. But once you make a really basic, let's say you do like a pad thai or you make a nice, um, you know, vegetable curry or something like you think, oh, that was okay. Easy. That doesn't sound that. basic. That sounds lovely, and I like the way you say lovely, but I don't know how basic pad thai sounds. That sounds intense. No, it's just like noodles in a pan, you know, some vegetables and like <laughs> sauce. But I mean, I, I still, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I will use like a a sriracha or like a homemade sweet, you know, a ready-made um, sweet chili sauce. I'm not like making everything from scratch. I think it's this illusion that you've got to make everything perfectly from scratch. But look, if you want to have a pesto, like pesto chicken, whatever, you know, buy a pot of pesto from the supermarket and you've got, you know, got a component you can use. So I think my, my skill was just like giving people that, that confidence to try something out and, and realize it wasn't that difficult. Um, because when you're cooking food, you know, it's enjoy, it's fun. Like you can enjoy the process and getting the kids involved. You know, I'm really passionate about, young children getting engaged with food and fitness from a young age because if you don't it's very difficult as an adult like you said to actually enjoy it and get involved but what's your cooking background like did you take cooking classes are you self-taught like what is your cooking background oh absolutely not so i grew up like i said i grew up in a council estate you know and my mum and dad won benefits so we had very low-income family so it was ready meals it was fast food it's frozen chicken nuggets and that's just what i grew up on like chocolate and sunny delight honestly right um, and my mum left home. She left home. At, she was 15 when she left home. She wasn't educated. She didn't have, she didn't know how to cook. So it was like, we'd have sandwiches for dinner. We'd have, you know, pasta with like, you know, ready-made tomato sauce. It's just basic, like low income food. But when I got to kind of my teenage years, I started to, I think it was when I went traveling. So I was 18. So I went traveling for a year and I thought well, I need to cook because I don't want to be eating Subway and eating like KFC every night. I want to cook some food. So that kind of started my journey into food. Um, and then when I connected those dots between the food I was putting in my body and how my mood changed, how much energy I had, how good I felt and how much, I, how, how much better I slept. Then I really went in on nutrition. Then I started to understand how our body digests foods, what things are good for us, what are anti-inflammatory foods. So I'm, not, I'm by no means like a super intelligent nutritionist, but I understand food and flavor and speed. And therefore, like I, can, I can create recipes that people really actually enjoy and actually cook. I love that. Okay. Uh, you have a bazillion books. Can you take me through each title very quickly with one tip from each? Oh, I mean, I've got, so I've done 11 books in the past oh my gosh. seven okay. years, which is, so, which is pretty insane. But the philosophy is really is around, so books. yeah, 11 books. It's crazy. Um, the concepts and the, the theory behind all of it is basically, you know, keep it simple, prep your meals. So, you know, a bit of food, you know, a bit of batch cooking, and, and cooking the food you love and also, you know, allowing yourself treats. I'm not like, you know, don't eat ice cream, don't eat out, don't have takeaways. Every now and again, it's completely fine. But I think if you can focus on, you know, healthy cooking at home, not overthinking. I'm also, this could be controversial, but I've, I've never been someone to put the calories on the recipes. And I don't think that the average person needs to be obsessively tracking daily calories and grams of fat per day and things like that. So my, my philosophy is all about just getting in the kitchen enjoy cooking and focus on sensible food portions, keep active and everything will balance out. You know what I mean? So that's, that's something that has never changed. And I think I'll always stick by that kind of principle that it's really about just inspiring someone to cook and, you know, enjoying the journey. Like, it's nice to know you cook something, you prepared it and you know exactly what's in it. You've got breakfast sorted, you've got lunch the next day. You know, it's a lovely way of living because you don't have to rely on, you know, uber eats or fast food getting delivered because you've got that little bit of food in the fridge ready to go and that's going to set you up for a day of success the next day 
Jamie here. Want to know a fun fact? Heidi and I are from the same hometown, Greenwich, Connecticut. We even went to the same high school. Go Cardinals! Hey, you know who else is from Greenwich? Only the founders of one of our favorite clothing brands, Vineyard Vines. I use their ties for the groomsmen at my wedding. Cute! Well, now they have a jean, and they named it after me. OMG, they did? Well, it's called the Jamie. Okay, I'm not actually sure they named it after me, but it's such a cute style, I'm just going to claim it. Handcrafted from premium Italian denim, the Jamie Jean Collection from Vineyard Vines are the pair of jeans you never knew you needed, but won't be able to live without. I'm going to be honest. When I think of Vineyard Vines, jeans are not my first thought. I know, right? But leave it to these absolute icons to reinvent denim in their own perfect way. They've spent years perfecting the fabric, fit, and feel of their Jamie jeans and designing them in a variety of styles. The result? The most flattering jeans we've ever worn. Want to check out the Jamie jeans for yourself? Head on over to vineyardvines.com. You know that feeling of slipping into a warm bubble bath? Wouldn't it be nice if you could harness that feeling in the palm of your hand? Enter Soul Boost, a sparkling water beverage that harnesses the power of wellness-minded ingredients to help deliver your best self in every sip. Having a day when you need to just slow your roll and grab a can of self-care? Try Soul Boost Ease. With 200 milligrams of L-theanine, 10 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar, Soul Boost Ease delivers pure relaxation in two crisp varieties, blackberry passion fruit and strawberry rose. Or rosé, as Jamie likes to say. For those days when you need to put some pep in your step, try Soul Boost Lift. Two sparkling flavors, blueberry pomegranate and black cherry citrus, contain 200 milligrams Panax ginseng to help support mental stamina and lift your spirits. Soul Boost is carefully crafted to promote a mood-first mindset. Want to learn more? Check out GetSoulBoost.com for the deets and a store locator. I'm going to start saying lovely more after this whole interview, by the way. I just like that word. Okay, so you touched a little bit on your family. You have a wife, Rosie, who is pregnant with your third child. You have two other children, Indy and Marley. And I did get myself in a little trouble on your Instagram commenting because Marley has long hair and I made the terrible assumption that Marley is a girl, but he is a cute little boy. Nine times out of 10, people go, oh my God, you're such beautiful little twin girls. Because he, he's got a pretty face, he's got long hair like me, but... Yeah, he's definitely um, a little boy, and I've got one on the way. We're not sure what the one's going to be. Yay! Do in the summer, right? Uh, in September, yeah. September, and Ro- okay. So Rosie just been to, um, my wife just went to Coachella, and I had the kids on my own for five days. And it's the longest no. I've ever spent, completely on my own. Like, no, you know, my mum wasn't around. I've got no one to help. And I had such a wonderful time because I, I disconnected from my phone. I, I didn't go on Instagram. I didn't use, because I'm always recording and filming and capturing all those moments. And I thought, you know what? Just be present. Like, immerse yourself in their world and play with them and engage and like come up with ideas and I was absolutely exhausted like by the end of it and I realized that no matter how hard honestly how hard I think I work how many workouts I film a day nothing is harder than raising two little kids and being like like a patient parent with those kids because they are challenging you man they're stressing me out all day long well I got three so you're you're in for it but so I'm I'm guessing then your family was a big part of the inspiration behind PE with Joe which became a YouTube sensation. So can you take us way back to March 2020 when you launched your first PE 
with Joe workout and the enormous results it had. Yeah, this is my like proudest achievement. You know, it's my kind of, it will be the thing that I, I, I feel like I'll always be like looking back and that was my highlight of my career because I, I really made an impact. And essentially what I did was I, on the Monday morning that we went into lockdown, I started streaming workouts on YouTube. I called it PE with Joe. It was a live workout for 30 minutes at 9 a.m. UK time. Never really had an idea how long it would go on for, how many people would take part. Um, that first day I went live, there was nearly a million live streams, right? And I was like, in that moment, I was just like, this is really, this is having impact. Like, this is a lot of, a lot of families are doing this. Um, and yeah, I did it every day, 18 weeks. You know, I had a broken hand. I just never gave up. I wanted to be there. And it was all about mental health, right? Because I knew myself as a child in that small apartment, I would have lost my mind. I would have, I would have not dealt with my emotions. I'd have been overwhelmed. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking, get kids moving, like they can burn some energy off, they can release a bit of stress and anxiety. And, and that was it. You know, I did it all those, all those weeks. And, and, and overall, globally, 100 million views over like the 18 weeks, which is like ridiculous. Because that's how you hit a world, it was like a world record, right? I think it was, yeah, the, it was the world's largest um, like online streamed workout, obviously. So that was like pretty cool. But again, like that, that wasn't the main thing. The main thing no, was like- No, 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 of course not. But so, and what was the workout? Like, how did you get, the kids involved like how did you get the whole family involved what's the secret sauce of that because sometimes it can be hard to motivate your kids off the couch definitely I, I I'm completely aware of that so I I'd, I'd made it as fun as possible so I've also kind of tested the concept so before the actual lives I had done various UK tours where I I visit schools you know I go around doing um live workouts and I I basically just go in it's a, it's a hit session so very short you know 15 20 minutes long um, little intervals and I do you know fun exercises like Spider-Man lunges and the Pikachus and all these kind of funny sort of names I animate the exercises a little bit and uh, kangaroo hops bunny hops we do um yeah Spider-Man lunges is a popular one and I think I made it fun and engaging like quite visually and sort of just with the words but the most important thing as well for kids that I knew weren't going to interact with the exercise I did things like quizzes so I did like live quizzes I did a spin the wheel I had um you know, fancy dress Friday. So every Friday we dressed up. I wore like Spider-Man, Batman, you know, every single superhero. And what I realized was it started off as like kids doing it, right? But by the end of it, there was mums and dads on their own, sometimes without children, doing the exercise. And that was the thing. It was just about somebody just like giving you half an hour just to like let off some of that anxiety that we were all feeling. And yeah, it was hilarious. Like, I mean, I've, I was bouncing around the living room dressed like as a whoopee cushion, <laughs> and I was dressed with um, a kangaroo and a panda, like the WWF sent me a big panda outfit. So I'm in, it's, this is like the height of summer. It was a really hot summer and I'm sweating in these suits. But you can imagine how funny it looked when I'm on camera as a panda doing like, like burpees and lunges. And yeah, the, the people just loved it. People really enjoyed it. So your kids are little. Like what are they thinking when dad's dressed up as a whoopee cushion? Like how are they reacting to that? Well, I'll, tell, I'll share this story because it is quite funny. The reason I dressed up as a whoopee cushion is because on one of the lives, I didn't realize I was live. Normally it buffers for like 30 seconds, right? So you know you've got a bit of time. And I had to, unfortunately, like you, you may know, like you do a yoga or a workout. Sometimes you have a bit of a build up in your tummy and you've got to let one rip. And so I did this <laughs> almighty, I did this almighty fart, right? On, on YouTube and it was live. So I didn't know it happened until afterwards. I was so embarrassed. I, I pulled it off, the, off of YouTube. But by that time, the Daily Mail had it. It was all over the news. It was in the US, you know, it was all over Australian news. So I thought, I'm going to come back and own it. So I came back the next day dressed in a big, giant whoopee cushion. Oh my and God, it was hilarious. That is so effing awesome. I it was love funny. that. I'll, I'll send you a link. Now, 
what is your wife like? Like, is she like silly and goofy? Like, is she like, like what, what is your dynamic like? So she, you know, she doesn't, she's not like someone who like wants to be in the limelight. You know, she, she understands my job and my role. And obviously, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going to be recognized in the UK. I am in the US, not at all. But she's very private, you know, she's very private. But, you know, we get, we get along so well. And obviously, when I actually did the pee with Joe, I'd, I broke my hand. And one day, I couldn't actually do the workout. So Rosie stepped in as my, like, teaching assistant, if you like. So she was in her sports kit. I'm there with a clipboard and then my shirt and tie. I'm the teacher. And she'd done all the exercises. So for her, like, it was so lovely that she was there to support me. But it's very much out of her comfort zone. Like, she's not like a performer. No. She's not in the media yeah. and such. So, yeah. But, you know, she, st- she, she stood up to it. She got involved. And um, everyone loved it. And, yeah, I think we share similar passions. That like, We're both into – We lo- I mean, we really fell in love through food, right? We met at Coachella pretty much. And we fell in love with food. And we just can't stop eating. We love it. So we love food. <laughs> and she, she exercises. She, she's into kind of more like Pilates and kind of strength training. She's not into like, the high-intensity stuff. But, yeah, you know – We've inspired each other and yeah, she's still training now. She's got a big bump and she's still exercising, which is nice to see. Okay. So, I mean, like the queen was also pretty impressed with what you did and you, okay. So I don't know all the royalness of royalness, but you were honored by the queen. You were invited to the palace and you got an MBE title. I don't exactly know what that means, but do I get to call you Sir Joe now? So Sir is when you're knighted. So like, you know, Sir, um, trying to think like Sir Mo Farah or Sir, um, like, loads of sirs. I can't even think of any. But look, sirs like the ultimate. You, that's rare that you get on those. That's like the ultimate. That's when you get the sword on the shoulder. That's the, that's legit. So I'm not a sir. I, I'm an MBE, which means member of the Order of the British Empire, which is like a couple down from that probably. And and it's basically to acknowledge, you know, things you've done for the, for society, for the community. And my mine was awarded for my my dedication and commitment to exercise for the nation and also for charitable work. So we raised a lot of money through those workouts. Um, and I got invited to Windsor Castle, which was amazing. I took my brother Nicky, and you know I got the I, I met Princess Anne. And the funny thing was, I was in a queue um, because I was wick. So I was at the very end of the register, so I was right at the end of the queue. And it took like four and a half hours. And we were going through Windsor Castle. We were in one big room, and the rooms just kept getting bigger and bigger and taller and taller, like more grand as you went through. Um, and you finally got this beautiful, beautiful room. And like Princess Anne was there, and I walked up to her. I was super nervous. I did my little bow. And she's so nice because the first thing she said to me was quite relaxed me. She said, so first thing I need to say, have you finally recovered from all of those workouts yet? And so it put me at ease and I sort of laughed a little bit. And I said, yeah, I've recovered, you know, I've I've stopped doing the videos. And it was amazing. It was a nice thing to celebrate because, you know, I got the award, but there was no ceremony because it was during lockdown. So it's kind of like given a couple of years later. But yeah, what an amazing thing to say, like, you know, to show my kids and say, you know, we did that and that was something we achieved. But do you like, so do you put that after your name, like a PhD now? Like, is that like a, like, do you put that in your credentials? Like, it seems like a pretty big ass deal to me. You can do, some people do it, you know, like you'll put it on your website and all that, but I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, for me, it's a bit, no, I wouldn't do that personally. But um, I obviously joke about, you know, I say to my mates, right, come on, you can call me Joe XMBE now, but I'm not publicly like sharing <laughs> on my um you know, on my like new newsletters and oh the head, the foot of my emails and stuff. Um, oh my gosh. Well, we, we got to start wrapping it up, but I wanted to address a recent daily mail. Cause now I read the daily mail a little bit and there, there was this headline that said, you know, Joe shocks fans posting an unflattering picture where maybe you gained a little weight or something and, and confessed to being an emotional eater. How did your fans react to that? And how do you Joe get back on track when, when, maybe you do gain a few 
Well, I was obviously um, in Santa Monica for three months. So I was hitting Gold's Gym. I was smashing it for three months. So I was training every day. I was in, I was in, I was in really good shape. Um, and, I, and I loved it. And I shared that. And I wow, I've done this, right? And then when I went back to the UK, I went on a tour of the UK. I did a, I did a book tour. And I was visiting, you know, loads of hotels. And every time I did a book signing, there'd be hundreds of people giving me cakes and brownies and, like, all this amazing food. And I love my food. I'm not going to get there and not eat the brownies, right? So... I ate all the food. I was still exercising, but by the end of the week, I was really bloated, right? You know, I was bloated, felt like lethargic, and I didn't need to share that, right? I do not need to share that side of me, but I'm honest, I'm open, because I think being transparent and being honest and showing those, those sides that you are going to have days where you feel really, really bloated. Maybe it could be, you know, for women, it's sometimes during the menstrual cycle or food you've eaten at the weekend or a bit of booze. It's not body fat. I wasn't, like, super, super overweight. It was a little bit of a bit of fluff, right? A few days later, it was gone. But obviously, yeah, Daily Mail spin it. They want to make it an article. And, um, you know, people, res- I think overall, people respect you for that, for being open and honest to show that because no one's, no one's shredded and ripped 365 days a year. And if you are, you're not enjoying the foods and things you love in life because it's just like un- it's unobtainable to maintain that super lean physique unless you're on low calories. And I refuse to live my life. Like, I want my food. I want my calories. <laughs> um, and you, I have to say, I feel like you have a really kind fan base for the most part. It seems like people are in, are there, like your energy is so good and so positive and so family oriented that I feel like that's a lot of what you attract. Um, do you feel that way? I feel like you, it's like an encouraging community. Yeah, I really, I really agree with that. And I think that's true. And I think in the early days, you know, there would be a little bit of negativity from other trainers, you know, saying, you know, why don't you count calories and you're lying to people and blah, blah, blah. But that kind of noise has disappeared because now it's just overwhelmingly supportive and positive. And I think, like I said, you know, I have this business and it's like I've got this app and this business, but that's not what I'm about, really. What I'm really about is the free content. It's the P with Joe. It's the, it's the mission stuff. It's the visiting schools and care homes with elderly people. That's what fires me up. So I think people... After P with Joe really saw that, they really saw that I'm genuinely passionate and I'm really here to help people. I know I've got a business and there's, you know, success can come through that. But I think that that kind of any any haters kind of in a way after that kind of disappeared. They're just not there anymore because, you know, they can see what I'm about. And I've proved that through, yeah. through years of just trying to help. It's like about, you know, it's like you fart and then you wear a whoopee cushion costume. It's like who can hate on that, right? God, I own it. Yeah, I own it. You own your shit. I would say to one last question, which I now understand a lot more. You were recently a part of a really incredible mental health awareness campaign. It was like Mel B and Kylie Minogue and a bunch of celebrities. Now I can tell me a little bit about that campaign and why it was important to you, but I think I have a hint now. Yeah. Oh, that, is that all the headshots of people? Like the take yeah. a moment thing? Yeah. Yep, so yep. a photographer, a, a London-based photographer took photos, took a photo of me a few years ago. And like, it was like, um, he wanted to take photos of people in a, kind of thoughtful like basically eyes closed like in that kind of state of like thinking about or like emotion or whatever and I didn't really know what it was this is about three or four years ago anyway now he's compiled all these images of all these amazing you know people that he's worked with to create this campaign like, of of faces and to, to, to kind of to, to, to personify and kind of I suppose symbolize mental health and what we could be we can be going through stuff on the outside we may be smiling but internally there might be something going on and um yeah I, I love that I'm a part of that I mean, I'm glad that they chose my photo but also I'm so passionate about mental health at the moment that I've, I've actually filmed a documentary. So I'm trying to continue the conversation and, you know, open it up even further. So that's going to air on BBC One in, in the UK next month. And that's all about parental mental health. So, you know, parents that are struggling, when can you bring the children to the conversation? When can they be involved in that and to understand that mummy and daddy are struggling? And that's going to really help the kids as well, I think. 
Have, we've have we talked about this? Have you met Karina Dawn from Tone It Up? Did I introduce I've, you? I've, guys I've, I've been following them for years. I've been following her for years, but no, I haven't. Um, I've not met them. Personally. Is it two sisters or two friends? Well, they're two friends. But Karina Dawn's memoir came out just recently, and she's been a guest on Off the Gram. And her mother was schizophrenic as a child, and she turned to to drugs, had a suicide attempt, um, and used fitness to heal. And has created an organization called The Big Silence, which is about ending the silence around mental health issues. You guys would love each other. You should be on each other's podcast or do something together because she's an incredible human being. And I feel like you guys would be sparks. So I want to set that up. Yeah, this is that. my thing. I'll set you guys up after this. Um, so that. we're going to end the show. And normally we do it with something called, and if Heidi were here, she said, let Megan do it because she does it best. And then I go, karma call. And then she's the yogi. And she would say, karma is the Sanskrit word for action. And so we asked all of our amazing, inspiring guests, that would be you, Joe, to give us one action that you could take today, tomorrow to have a big impact. So a little action, big result. Oh, okay. Like a daily kind of mantra or something. Yeah. Yep. Well, for me, you know, it will always be, and I always think it will always kind of come back to movement, you know, movement is so powerful. And I, when I mean that, it doesn't have to be a really savage Barry's boot camp or a hit session, like go for a walk with a dog, you know, go on your scooters or your bike, ride, get out in nature. I think by doing that, you elevate your mind a little bit. So we're at, at the moment we're in this time where it's like zoom, zoom, zoom. We're just on the laptops all day. Like break that, break that moment, get some fresh air and, and, and just see how much that can calm you down, release some stress and anxiety. And it's life changing, like movement and exercise is life changing. So if you struggle with it, and it's not something you think you like or you want to do, just start a little bit, just something tiny, and it's going to build up that confidence, and you're going to realize, actually, you can have such a healthier, happier day when you move, that, you move your body and you release those wonderful you know, chemicals in your brain. I could not agree more. Okay, so before I let you go, Joe, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and Twitter and what's next for you. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's, it's at The Body Coach. And my YouTube channel is called The Body Coach TV. And I post, I've got 600 workouts there, all free, completely free. And, you know, give them a go. Um, and obviously, if you want to try out the app, there's a the Body Coach app in the App Store and on Android, which is like my kind of tailored fitness plan and stuff on the online. And your newest book is? My newest book is called Feel Good Food. And that publishes with um, HarperCollins in April next year. So I'll be on a US trip. I'll be coming back. I'm sure I'll be seeing you next yeah. year. Oh my God, for sure. Um, well, it was so good to get to chat with you a little bit longer and to learn a little bit more about you. I am cheering you on. I think you're pretty damn awesome. Listen, Megan, thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's been so lovely to chat to you and get to know you a little bit more. And I really hope we cross paths again in the future. <laughs> Joe, you're so good. You are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like and follow or subscribe or you know, follow off the gram or download it wherever you consume your podcasts and all those things. Sorry, Jamie, I'm not as professional as you. Yay!